Let me start this way. Many people in life discourage them, themselves. Many people. They discourage themselves. I'm talking about this today because we've been looking at our purposes, who we are, what we're meant to do. But one of the things that will stand in your way is once you embrace what you ought to do, you will come against this reality, which will either make you doubt and sit down or be confident and move forward. Many people, when they realize what they've got to do, they discourage them, themselves. But the truth is, if you are going to be, if you're going to occupy the land that God has called you into, if you're going to be who God has called you to be in this life, if you're going to rise up and be a kingdom seeker, where you, you bring God's kingdom wherever you are, you're going to have to fight a battle. Mm. The kingdom or whatever is yours is not going to be given to you on a silver platter. It won't be handed to you as you sit in your armchair. It won't. As you lie on the beach, drinking your, you know, your, your soft drink, or whatever it is, it won't come to you like that. You would have to fight a battle. Now this battle is between confidence and doubt. Either you will be confident and win, or you will be doubtful and lose everything. So we're talking about winning the confident, sorry, the confidence or doubt battle. It's either you'll be confident or you'll be doubtful. Which are you going to choose? This is a reality. This is a reality. You would have to choose Make your choice. Tell someone, make your choice. Make your choice. Hallelujah. Amen. Scripture makes us to understand that there's one individual in Scripture who we are told or we are informed or, or we are aware constantly that always encouraged himself in the Lord. If you read 1 Samuel 30 and the sixth verse, this was the account of David going to battle. And when he comes back, his wives and the wives of his people and their children have all been taken away. But the people do not care. And they take stones an attempt to stone David. Even though they've all suffered the same calamity. And Bible says, and David 
encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How did he do this? Because we are told here he encouraged himself. But how did he do it? This is what brings us to 1 Samuel 17. Come with me to verse 33, please. 1 Samuel 17 and the 33rd verse. In 1 Samuel 17, as we read earlier on, David comes to the camp where the war is taking place between Israel and the Philistines. And he's asked to bring food to his brethren, his senior brothers. There were eight of them. Jesse had eight sons. And he's come to find out how they are doing. And when he comes, if it's accident or not, here comes a man called Goliath telling Israel <laughs> telling Israel he needs a man to fight with and the Bible says all Israel including Saul the king are afraid so David now asks what would a king give to the man who kills this man and take this reproach from Israel for what he's doing he is defaming the name of God and the nation of God's people that's God's kingdom who got God's character and his people that was what Goliath was attacking now before I go any further let me say this to you it is great when we fight as an army. It is awesome. And sometimes we all fight like that. Come together, fight the battle. Like what we're doing right here. It's awesome. Jumping, dancing, fighting together. And sometimes you, you join forces with others and do things. But there comes a time when a Goliath shows up and changes the game plan. And says, no more. Now I'm asking for a duel. Single combat. One to one. One to one. And most of the challenges you will face in the promised land that God has called you into. When I say promised land, I am talking about the portion that God has given you in this life, your life assignment to fulfill for God. What God has created you, destined you, anointed you, filled you with power to do here on this earth. You will engage in single combat. Now guess what? The battle they were fighting 
or the challenge that David faces here is not unique. Okay? It is new, but not unique. It is new, but not unique. So what I'm saying is this. As you rise up to fulfill your God-given assignment in life, your God-given purpose in life, you will come face to face with the reality and the greatness of the problems you have to deal with. And when you face them, why you never say, oh, this is unique. No, it is new, but not unique. The person David faces here, see, come with me to verse 33. Let me put what I'm saying in context. Verse 33. So David asked the question, who, what would a man, what, what would a king do to, to this man? And then everybody tells him. His senior brothers are angry with him for asking that question. And that's what senior brothers would, would always do. Watch out on senior brothers. Hello, and senior sisters. And watch out on big people in your life. They always do that. So watch out. Verse 33. So the matter finally gets to Saul. Saul gets to hear there's a young, there's a, a lad, basically a lad, a young boy. In his teens, in the camp, inquiring what will happen if he killed this man. So King Saul calls him and says, verse 33, he, he tells the matter. And he says, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So from his youth, he's been fighting these battles. Not only that, he is Goliath from Gath. What is a Goliath from Gath? Goliath from Gath. Before I describe him, let me do something. The man David is planning to go against is not an ordinary man. It is not that David wasn't aware that the man isn't ordinary. David is aware. He's seen him. Because the people pointed, have you seen this soldier who's come to defy the armies of Israel? So he's seen him. But he still wants to go. Now if you read Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. Deuteronomy 9, 1 to 3. In Deuteronomy, God tells the Israelites that he sent, he's carrying them over to take their promised land. Right? Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day. Now, Jordan is a river. To go in to possess nations, what this? Nations what? Greater. Nations what? Greater and mightier than thyself. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. So 
As I said to you, when God said, I'm give, I've given you a promised land, your life assignment, your purpose, and we are rejoicing, God is saying to you, it, it, it is not a piece of cake. They are greater, mightier. Their cities are even fenced. But you are meant to go against them. Hello? Hi. You are meant to go against them. And then watch what God says. A people, verse 2, great and tall. <laughs> the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest. God himself is telling them. Whom you knoweth. And of whom thou hast heard. Say, who can stand before the children of Anak? So God is telling them, you are already aware that these people are terrible. They are mighty. They are great. So God himself is telling Israel, are the people I'm sending you to go and overcome them, to over, overcome are people you already know are great. So the challenge you will face in your promised land is not fiction. It's real. I'm on your side. I've come to tell you the challenge you are facing in your, in your arena of life is real. It's not fiction. It's not a dream. The, thing, the challenges you are, you, are, you are experiencing, they are real. So don't let anybody tell you, no, they aren't real. It's no mind game. It's, it, is, it, is, it is real. Look at verse 3. And then God, 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 God says, Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which God over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and he shall bring down them, them down before thy face. So shall thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said unto thee. So here God tells them, I will, I'm like a consuming fire going to go before you. But... Let me ask you a question. Who destroyed them? <laughs> no, who destroyed the enemies when they went? Who fought with the swords and the states and the, and the clubs? Who did it? The people did it. But God said, I'm going to fight for you. Often when we hear, God will fight for you, you think that, you know what, you will just sit down and then God will go into the fight. This is a victory. Take it. No! You will be involved. You will experience the reality of the fight. Yes, I'm, help, I'm going to help you. But you are going to be there to do the fight. So when you have to take certain decisions, have to take certain steps, have to, you know, rise up and do something, don't think it is out of place because you are expected to do all that. that that's what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The idea of I can pray and then it will just all vanish. The prayer will bring you strength. Yeah, pray. It will bring you strength to stand. But don't think that praying away, it will just push you all away. And sometimes we think that by giving, we can give, we can give and then remove all the problems. Hello. You got a financial problem, and then someone tells you, come and sow a thousand pounds, and then you go and sow it. I'll tell you, your debt will increase. 
it will increase. Hello? On the battleground, they had to do something. Fight. Later on in Numbers 13, you know what happened? They go to view the land, Jericho, and then they come back. Sorry, they, they, go, to view the, uh, they go to view the land. They come back and then they say, we saw the sons, the, the, the 33rd verse, number 13, you can read the 33rd verse. They, they go and say, we saw the sons of Anakims there. And they were giants and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so were we. And there we saw the, the giants, the sons of Anak. We come of the giant and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. God have mercy. We were as what? Grasshoppers. Now, this Goliath we are talking about is from God. Now, okay, let's read. Come with me to, um, in the book of Joshua, right? In the book of Joshua, come with me to Joshua, please. Joshua. In Joshua. Hallelujah. Amen. In the book of Joshua, as we read Joshua 11, please. Joshua, Joshua 11. In Joshua 11, he, he records, um, I don't want the whole, I don't want the whole thing, so I'll just read a few. Um, praise the Lord. From the verse, okay, from the, from the verse 19, maybe that will just make sense. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, sorry, Joshua, Joshua 11. Yes, there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of, of Gibeon, and all the other, and all other that took in battle. Verse 20, please, up to verse 23. Hallelujah. Verse, for it was of the Lord's, for it was of the Lord to harden their heart that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but, he, that, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 21, please. Verse 21. And at that time, Joshua, now watch this. At that time, Joshua came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anna, and sorry, from all the mountains of Judah and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. Verse 22. There, now watch this one. There was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza of Gath and in Ashdod there remained. Verse 23, so Joshua took the whole land according to that which the Lord has said. And Joshua gave it as for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes and the land rested from war. Now, this is where it gets interesting. And this is where we come in. Joshua in his day encountered the sons of the sons of sons of um, 
of the Anakims, right? Now the Anakims were giants. In his day, they encountered them and he defeated them all. He wiped them from all the lands that were occupied, that were to be occupied by Israel. Joshua did his job. He wiped them. But the Anakims were not completely destroyed. Why? Because some were in Gath. Gaza in Gath and Ashdod. And guess where Goliath come from? Goliath come from Gath. So that's what I'm saying that it is not unique. David or Israel is not the first to fight a giant. Joshua has done his. Now David comes on the scene and he has to, or Israel has to now fight their own Goliath battle. So what am I saying? The battles you are facing today, don't tell yourself it is unique. Our Christian fathers, those who have gone ahead of us, have fought the same battles you are fighting today. So do not call your battles unique. Other Christians have fought the same battles. Let's not deceive ourselves. Well, my battle is unique. It is strange. And then begin to weep and cry and fold our hands and sit down. No! Because it is not unique. Because we are, you know, we are fond of doing those things. We, we make what, 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 what we are experiencing now so strange, so unique. Yet, it's not unique. It may be new to you, but it is not unique. It's been done before by others. Other people have fought those battles too. The only thing that probably makes it unique is that Joshua fought them in war. But now Goliath has changed the game plan. He's asking for a single combat. One to one. One to one. You see, in war there's energy from both sides. We're all running. No, we're running. So there's, 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 there, there's energy. Adrenaline flowing. But in single combat, you and one person, you have to generate the energy from somewhere else. The energy to fight or else you will stand there and your head will be chopped off. <laughs> so when Saul told David, David, this man is a man of war from his youth. It was a real situation he was rehearsing to David. Now, Goliath, as we are told, is six cubits and a span. Right? Six cubits and a span. Put that all together, it's about nine point, nine point, nine point two feet or something. Right? Now, this door, 9.2 feet is roughly 3 meters. So those of you who know your measurements, 3 meters. Now, this door, if you know your measurements, is 2 meters. Every door, every normal door in a home is 2 meters. So it's like this one and a bit more. Half of it, on top of it. 
So we are talking about a very tall person who is all armored, well covered. Every part of, of him was covered. How is David going to try him? How is David going to win? And for, I've read my Bible, read it, read it, read it, read it. I've read it, and I think I have, glo I have, I have glossed over it. But as I was reading this, this time, I recognized something. That the only place that there was a space for David to do anything, you know, Saul gave him his armory. He wore it, and he said, ah, this is just a bit too much. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you some, something. People will try to let you, you know, wear their armory to do your job. Please refuse it. Wear. Go with what. Go with what you have. You have. You have. You have. You have, you have known, tested, and tried. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't go in another another person's suit. David refused, and then went with with his sling and stones. And the Bible says that. When they, when they engaged the battle, it was first a battle of insults. Am I a dog? And I, Goliath was right. Am I a dog? David came with a staff, a stick, a sling, and stone. When the man is a, a sword, and a shield, and a spear, and you come with a sling. And the Bible says, David began, when the battle was set, David began to run. And I said, David, he ran towards the man. Not that he was going backwards, doing this. He ran forward. Wow. What made David do that? That's why we're here today. What made him do what he did? He ran towards Goliath. Slung it. And the Bible says, it went to his forehead and it sank. I've always thought it just hit him. But actually, the stone sank. It went inside the forehead. It went in. And that was it. One shot. One. Not two. One. He didn't need two opportunities. Just, just, just one. You see, but for him to go with a sling... And a stone indicates that this is something he's done over and over and over and over. He was skilled in slinging. Because how well would he go with a stone and a sling? That was what he was used to. And he ran. He was not standing. He ran. That means he's perfected the act to run and throw and hit his forehead. That was unique. That was awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. So what I'm saying is this. The situation was real. Yes, David over overcame, praise God. But the problem or the situation or the challenge was real and big. It was real and big. And so Saul said, David, you cannot do this. It is, the man is a man of war from his youth. 
You see, so besides other people telling, besides friends telling you what you want to do, please. And I know that you are very daring, but I don't want you to disgrace yourself. Please, don't, don't do this. This, this is just too much. Please stop it. This is crazy. It's a, it's, a, it's a crazy idea. It has never been done before, so don't try it. People will try to talk you out of what God has called you to do. Oh, this, this is too big. We cannot do it. Hello? Have you ever been discouraged by other people? Yes. Sometimes we don't only get discouraged by the things people say with their lips. Sometimes our discouragement comes just by looking at what other people have achieved. What others have achieved in God. I'm, I am talking about in God, in Christ, in the kingdom of God. What other people have done. We look at them and say, oh my goodness, I can never do that. That's impossible. But you see, if they have, you can. If it's been done, you can. But we often don't tell ourselves this. We often don't tell ourselves these truths. That we, if, it's, if it's been done before, you can do it too. We don't encourage ourselves with these things. We rather discourage ourselves. Someone has done it. Oh, because why? People do often do not tell you the reality, the battle of confidence and doubt they had to fight. We only hear of the good side. And when God told me to do this thing, I got up and I did this and I did that and I did that and I did that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we all shall praise God. And then you find yourself, God has put something in your heart to do, but you are doubting. So you say, you know what? No. I don't think I am qualified for these things. I think God, I think you've got, you, you've got a wrong man, God. Find someone else. Isn't, isn't that what we do? Because people do not come to share. The battle of doubt they had to fight. Because we fight the battle of doubt almost every day. If you are going to rise up indeed in what God has called you to do, you would, you would have realized by now that every single day you face doubts. Doubts come in your mind. And you're asking yourself, am I correct? Yes, I've come to tell you. I'm on your side. You are very proper. You are actually proper. What you're facing is a reality of your challenge. But today, David will show us how it is done. What got him running towards Goliath? What got him running towards the challenge, the giant? What got him facing his single combat? Because the battle you need to fight, if you're a wife, your husband can help you. If you're a husband, so if you're a wife, wherever you are, your spouse can help you. <laughs> your spouse can help you. Your brother can help you. Your father can help you. I tell you, the doubts in your mind, you need to come to a place where you deal with them once and for all. Amen. I mean, find a secret and deal with them. Because your wife can't help you. 
Husband can help you. Dad can help you. Mom can help you. Because the thing that the enemy puts in the mind, the challenge, the best they will do is, I told you it's difficult. Just stop it. Just stop it. I told you it's, it's, it's challenging. You see, since you started this thing, you're growing lean and lean and lean because you're not eating. Your sleep is gone. I mean, you're only sleeping for less hours. Look at you now. I said, oh, oh no, I, I, I'm sure that I, I, I am almost there. I will overcome. Well, overcome what? The family is suffering and you're doing all these things. Real challenges. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, but listen to David. David said, chapter 17, please, verse 34. David says something. David tells his kin. He says, thy, verse 34, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a, and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him. <laughs> you see, there's something about what God has called you for. Amen. You always have that earth, that stirring in you to go for it. But as you go for it, you will face the reality of challenges and problems. And that's what I'm addressing today. Hallelujah. So he goes against the lion and the bear. And he says, And smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard, and smote him, and slew him. Here, he talks about the lion and the bear. But in describing smoting, and he talks about the lion alone. Because it is a lion that has got a beard, uh, uh, the, the, the beard. But in the verse, as, you, as you go along, he says, I slew both the lion and the bear. And they did not come at the same time. They came at different times. But both of them, he sh and I believe, this, this is my personal opinion, that I think that as the, as the lion was run away with the lamb, I think he slunk and hit them. So the thing fell out of his, the, the lamb fell out of his mouth. That's my creative mind. Now the lamb fell out, out of his mouth, and upon realizing that he's lost his thing, turned around to see who dare take his prey out from his mouth. To so turn to David. And David said, I caught him by the beard. And I ripped him apart. A bear also came. Did the same thing, smote him. They turned around to face me, and I slew that one. To slew means kill. I killed them. A young lad killing the lion and the bear in the wilderness alone. Now, this is it. What is it? What are we saying here? David used these examples. To encourage himself. Let me tell you some, something. If you will be confident in life, one of the things that you need to always be mindful of is your reference point. Mm -hmm. 
What do I mean? Anytime you are about to go into your promised land or face a, a, a task, the challenges will come. But when the challenges come, the, the base, you always go somewhere. Everybody, excluding none of us, we always go to some point to feed courage or confidence from. Now, where you go to is what will determine whether you'll be doubtful or you'll be confident. For most people, when they face a challenge, their mind immediately goes to some time they failed. But if your reference point is negative or failure, you've already failed. Don't try it. You will panic and you will run away. Anytime you're asked, you're asked to do something and your mind goes to some time that you failed. Go and talk to somebody. Well, I tried once and I was given a slap. How does that encourage you? Hello? How does that encourage you? But you see, you spoke to somebody and your words brought them out of some difficulty. If that becomes, if, if that is where your mind goes to, the next time you are told to talk to someone, you'll be encouraged to go. That maybe I may save another life again. This is where confidence comes from. Everybody does that. We all go to a reference point. Now, we all have reference points, negative and positive. The one you choose is what will determine. But David decided he will choose the positive reference points for his battles. So he said, when the lion came against me, I smote it and delivered the lamb. When it turned towards me, I caught it by the beard and I, and I smote it and I killed it. So with the bear. And then he said, this Philistine, verse 36, I, I guess. This Philistine shall be, hallelujah. Can you see that? This Philistine shall be as one of them. So he was able to capture what has happened now with what he has done before. That's where your confidence will come from. Where your confidence will come from. Hallelujah. Amen. That's where your confidence will come from. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Your confidence will come from that place. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You see, if God has given you any personal victories in your life, it is your God-given passport to overcome any big challenge that will come to your life today and tomorrow. Amen. I'll say that again. If God has given you any personal victories, it is your passport to trust him 
to overcome any big challenge that will, that will arrive today or tomorrow. Amen. The personal victories God has given you, God gave you yesterday, yes. they were given to you deliberately. Deliberately. Because God knows that if I don't give you anything to hold on to, when the enemy comes, there will be nothing to stand upon. So God gives you some personal victories. So here, David fell upon this victory he has had with the lion. Guess what? If God will give me victory over just an animal to rescue an animal, just an animal, if God will give me victory, to fight against a lion and a bear just to save an one, one lamb. What will this cost my father? Just one lamb. How much more? God's whole nation, Israel. Because Goliath says, if I defeat your one man, all Israel will serve us. So the whole of Israel, God's nation, God's nature goes down the drain that he's not able to save his people. God's nation becomes servants. That is basically God's kingdom. So that means God's kingdom is at stake. I mean, God's kingdom is being buried. And should I stand? The God who gave me, who enabled me to just save a lamb, would he not make me save a whole nation from servitude? This is where you stand. God gave you victory. God has given each one of us here victory in your personal life in some area. Let that be your reference point. As you come to various challenges and circumstances in life, don't feed on the negative reference points. Don't go there. Always select the thing that will inspire you to move forward in God. Select those stories. Select those positive stories, those things that God has done. Hallelujah. You face a challenge in your personal life. You prayed about it, and God brought victory. Next time you see a national crisis, say, do you know what? The God who heard me in my personal private prayer, that same God is going to hear me here. Out of that, you rise up. David encouraged himself. First Samuel 30, verse 6, this is how he did it. He encouraged himself by bringing into his memory because your memory stays with you forever. Yes. And those things you've experienced are there. Yeah. And they will always come up. But you choose. Choose. You ask to do something. And then you are going. In my family, no one has ever done this. Of course you'll be defeated. Maybe no one in your, in your family. What about your friends that you hang around with? Were they not wonderful? What about people in the church? They, they are your friends. You know what? My friend did this. Let that be your friend. I can also do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let your mind go there. 
and things that God has done, those victories that God has given you in some, or maybe, actually, I am talking about your personal victories that God has given you in little, little things. Maybe you are a student. Maybe it was just that you were able to, you know, you were able to sit down one day for a particular subject. You were able to sit down and understand it and have success in your exams. And now you've got other ones you need to conquer. How am I going to do it? You're panicking. Let your mind go to how God helped you do this one. Let that be your encouragement. Say, the God who helped me do this will help me conquer this mountain. This challenging mountain. Let that be your reference point. Let the positive one be those things that God has done. Let them be the things that inspire. Let that be your reference point. Let that be where you always go to. Look at Psalm 77 verse 11. In Psalm 77 verse 11, David David does something. Psalm 77 verse 11, he says, Hallelujah. Praise God. He says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will remember. He always chose to remember what the Lord has done. That is the basis for confidence to move forward. Because a man who is full of doubt, there's no much of the things of God that he can accomplish. Doubt is not a friend. Doubt kills faith. But when you can say, God did this, all of a sudden, faith rises up. The man of God, the woman of God rises up from within. And you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Psalm 143, verse 5. Psalm 143, verse 5. Again, David says, Another thing, he says, Psalm 143, verse 5. You see, take it from the verse, take it from the verse 3. Take it from the verse 3. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to draw in darkness as though that have been long dead. Verse 4. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. Have you ever been there before? Feel so down, feel so low? Now watch what David says in verse 5. He says, I remember, hallelujah, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. That is, I send my mind to work on the good things that the Lord has done. I send my mind, the lip, muse means, you know, deep thinking. That means you deliberately set.
set your mind, I mean, your, your, your mind to think about the works that God has done in your life, the, the testimony, the victories. Maybe, maybe the devil is telling you what you heard was not from God, but you can remember that at some point God spoke to you and you tested it and it was it was legit. You can say, you know what? God spoke to me then. It was legit. So now I know what I'm hearing is him. Because I've come to tell you, doubt will come 24-7. Even if I'm telling you this, doubt will still come. But the only way you're going to fight it and be confident is to have a positive reference point of what God has done of what God has done. And muse, do deep things, let it, let it fill your mind. In the same way when you, when you have a problem and it weighs on your mind and everywhere you go, you are, you are talking about in the, in the same way what God has done, let it fill your mind so full that it begins to now influence everything you do. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, he said, First uh, Samuel 17, First Samuel 17, one more time. He says, um, praise God. He says, thy, verse 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God, since he is coming against the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He will be like one of them. Praise God. Verse 17. David said, moreover, hallelujah. Moreover. Moreover. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go. It was enough. I mean, enough. Enough. I have not killed a bear and a, and, and a lion, but you have. He said, this Philistine shall be as the lion. God that delivered me. You see, he puts his trust. He puts his trust. Or let me put it this way. He puts his hope in what God will do. If God did it then, he would do it again. Hope is a powerful thing. Keep hope alive. If God did it then, he would do it tomorrow. He will do it again. I've covered. Listen, God did not give you the victories of yesterday just for giving sake. He, I've come to say to you, this is a principle of God. He gave it to you so you will have confidence Amen. for today and tomorrow. Amen. That you will be confident that yes, he that gave you that little victory, that personal victory. It may be something very small in your own eyes, but God gave it to you anyway. God gave it to you anyway. Hallelujah. What is it that God has done in your life? 
What is it that is facing you right now? What challenge, what, what big challenge is before you right now? Can you remember something that God did in the past? Yes. That God who brought you out from? Let your mind feast on that. Let your mind feast completely on that. And let your confidence rise in the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can win the confidence of that battle by going back in your memory to those positive things that the Lord God has done in your life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy come with his, enemy, with his doubts again and accept them. When he comes, always look for a reference point and battle it off. Amen. Always go back there. David was, oh, I remember. David, that, that was David's, that was his life. I, re, I remember thy works thy work of old and I meditate on your handiworks. He chooses to. How God delivered you. When you were not well and God delivered you from that sickness. Let your mind go there. Over and over and over and over. Some people have walked walk out of your life. But let your mind go back to all the people that God in his wonderful ways have brought into your life. Let your mind go there. So you will stay confident that God is with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy win. Amen. Don't let doubt win. Amen. Don't let doubt win. Amen. Hello? Hi. For God requires confident members, confident kingdom members to do, to expand the kingdom of God. You need to be confident in life. Let not your confidence you see, Saul's confidence was based upon the armor, the physical things. No, no, no. Let your confidence be based upon the things that the Lord has done. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet. I'll stop here. Rise up on your feet. God bless you. Before we bring our broadcast to a, a close, I want you to know one thing. That God wanted to be confident in him. Maybe you are saying, I don't even know Jesus. He's not my Lord, not my Savior. I want to say to you, that confident walk with him or in this life begins with a true an intimate relationship with Christ Jesus. You may be confident in, your, in, your, in yourself, but you see, at the end of the day, it is your knowing him that will make you the most confident. That you see, at the end of it, when you've done all that you, did, you, you need to do, you need to stand before him. Would you be confident then? This is your opportunity. If you don't know him, I encourage you today, to surrender your life unto him. And say, Lord God Almighty, I open up my heart. Give me your life. Fill me with your grace. Bring me to that place where I can put my confidence in the things that you've done. 
Help me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You know, we've got many videos on our, on our YouTube ch channel, ChristCChurch.org.uk. I mean, go to that channel and listen to more of the videos. And if you want to fellowship with us, we are at the Crown House on Crown Road in Grace. See you next time. God bless. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.